Welcome, friends, to Soul Talk Podcast, a show where you explore and uncover our path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey to learn from their experience and in different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love, and thank you for being in Soul Talk and Soul Talk on Zoology. And today we have a very special friend that I have the honor to be her roommate in Sedona. <laughs> and we got to talk a little bit about money. I know it is a spooky word for so many, but it is it is so, so important. We live in still in a 3D world. So it is important to talk about how we can create magic with money. And Jennifer, she is an expert in this. And let me tell you a little bit about who she is. Jenny, thank you for Jennifer for for accepting my invitation for Soul Talk. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, Jennifer Pisak, she's an intuitive accountant. Jennifer is a remarkable financial expert with a, a unique approach to accounting and combines traditional finance expert expertise in the power of energetics. She specializes in helping women entrepreneurs, not only to manage the finances effective, effectively, but also transforming the relationship with money. Jennifer, what it took you here, where you are, because yes, you can, you're already, you're already a bookkeeper, but the energetic part, that is not very common in other bookkeepers. Right. So, yeah. How, what he brought you here? Yeah, well, it's a long story, but the short version is um, I've been doing traditional accounting work, bookkeeping, tax returns, and advice, all of those things for many years. And it was only when I started to integrate some of my personal experience with intuitive wellness, with energy work, with Akashic records, that I started realizing, oh, I, I understand something about my clients that I didn't understand before. And that is that a lot of us are empaths, right? And when we are triggered in emotional reaction, which money can do, which taxes can do, which finances of any kind really can do. Yes. Um, when we're triggered, <clears throat> sometimes we get stuck in that emotional energy, right? And until you have a financial expert that can actually walk that walk and, and talk that talk with you and have that conversation about what's coming up for you when you talk about your money, um, we can't really get to the point of where most accountants come in and give strategy and tools, right? We all want to get to the dream. We all want to get to our financial goals, right? But there's an emotional reaction that's coming up because we have a money story. And it wasn't until I realized this for myself that I was able to help my clients with it as well. So my path was really seeing my client's emotional reaction and actually taking it on as an empath, taking on what I was seeing going on in them, whether they were angry about paying taxes or, you know, wanted to avoid the situation completely or got stuck in kind of like a, a hyper, hyper vigilance or control over, 
you know, I don't want to get audited. I'm really afraid about what, what could happen if I don't do my taxes right. So these types of scenarios, um, they would come to me in this emotional, energetic kind of turmoil. And I started taking it on myself and I started getting angry and I started getting emotional and, and kind of reactive. And I'm like, what's going on here? And it wasn't until I, I immersed myself in Akashic records and energy work myself for my own well-being that I realized, oh, I see what's going on here now. And not only can I see it for myself and start separating some of that um, emotion and, and kind of organizing my thoughts about how do I help bring people out of that reaction into a response that's actually going to move them towards their dreams, towards their goals, instead of being stuck and not being able to implement the tools that I'm providing them with. That is so, so true. I, in fact, I'm gonna, I remember one time when we were in Sedona, and you were talking to one of the other uh, beautiful ladies about the finances and things like that. And it hit me like, oh my God, I am afraid of money. Mm. And in that moment, it's like, okay, where is, and I start digging in, like, where it is, this is coming from. It's like, because you just hit me there. Like, of course, you're not going to attract money. You are fear them money. Mm -hmm. So it is very logical why it is, it doesn't matter if we work 16 hours a day or 14 hours a day or people that have eight hours a day. It is going to be very hard because we are afraid of money. And that's the majority of the human beings. It is. It is. And we have a lot of resources at our disposal at this point. You know, there's money mantras, there's affirmations that we say to ourselves, there's prosperity coaches and all different types of things and avenues that we can go to, to kind of work through that. Um, what's interesting is that now that I realize it, I can bring it together with the actual functional things that we need to do for compliance. So as we're being triggered by doing the bookkeeping or sending in the reports and, and the returns or whatever it is, as those triggers are coming up, I work with my clients to actually understand what's coming up why is it coming up? What's the story behind it so that we can deal with it in the moment? And we're not taking it back home with us and ruminating for, you know, overnight losing sleep or, or for months at a time or not wanting to go back to their accountant to deal with it. But I think that something that's really interesting about the fear of money is we often have contradictions you know, so we can be saying the money mantra and really like believing that we want a certain thing. But if there's some underlying limiting belief or underlying bias to scarcity, that's ultimately going to rule out. So until it's it's kind of like going to counter manifest, if you will, yeah. maybe not rule out. I, I totally agree with you. And I like that you're working with women. Yes. Right, because the ones that are more affected by this, all the programming about money, it is women. We it's were so not supposed to be the breadwinners of the society and mm -hmm. this day. Even if we wanted to say, oh, we are very, we put 50 50, 
still that old program that our mothers or grandmothers or great-great-grandmothers brought to us as females that we don't supposed to be the breadwinners. And we wanted to be entrepreneurs or businesswomen. So we have that contradiction inside of us that it is deep inside in our core. Yes. It's, con it's conditioning, right? On top of that, there's actually statistics out there. Um, math, doing math, math anxiety is a real thing. And it affects women, excuse me, way more than it affects men. There's actually statistics and studies on this. So we are, I, I hate calling out a disadvantage, but we are kind of up against a lot as women, especially infiltrating into this, um, this entrepreneurial world that has been structured in a very masculine way for so many years. So it's the conditioning, it's, you know, all of the things. That, that is so true. So you, you are an Akashic uh, reader mm -hmm. and you are also, um, I can put it like this, psychic in a way. You can mm -hmm. feel emotions of other people and so forth. But in what ways do you work in, in the spiritual world and finances at the same time? Yeah. So with Akashic Records, we can actually not just read the person's soul records, but also the soul of the business or the imprint of the business. And so uh, when I work one-on-one -on -one with clientele, I often will ask if they're open to us looking into the Akashic records for them in their business and seeing like, how are they talking to each other? What does the business want to see um, about the, the financial performance and the progress that we're making within the business? And it happens to be really effective because what it does, um, for those who are not familiar with Akashic records, Akashic Records is like a deeper dive into the infinite intelligence that's available to us, right? We often walk around in our day and we're getting intuitive messages all of the time. But when we go into the records with intention, with prayer, with a specific question in mind, we can actually go deeper and get very specific information about what we need to know right now, what's up with the business right now. And that helps me in the sense of not just communicating what I'm sensing and experiencing from the person and what they're, they're bringing to the table, but also I can hone in on the specific strategy that's aligned for them right then in the moment. And what that does is there's no putting it on the back burner because it's an aligned tactic, an aligned strategy that we can implement today. It helps with um, the implementation being more effective, the willingness to pursue the activity. There's a little bit more oomph, a more purpose behind that because we're aligning what the soul wants, what the business wants with how we're moving through our day, how we're approaching our financial decisions, and so forth. So to just clarify uh, to our audience, sometimes it might not come from this timeline. It might come also from a different timeline. Yes. Past life that mm -hmm. you 
commit fraud or something like that. Maybe in this timeline, you're not, but you did in your past life and you're carrying the guilt from that time. So you're going to be projecting in this timeline, in this life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that is often the case that there's a pattern there and we're here to learn those lessons now. And I think it's so great that we have all of these tools and um, people with all different types of gifts, because, you know, when you go into the Akashic records versus when I go into the Akashic records, we're interpreting a little bit differently. We have um, our own gifts that influence what comes through and what we share and timing and all of the all of the components that happen so it's really it's such a gift that we can add this on to the um the masculine energy and the the divine right actions that we're taking to move our business forward that is so true because yes it, it can be a million akashic records readers but each one of us, we do it in a very different way, in our own unique way, with our own unique gifts. I cannot do it in bookkeeping part. So <laughs> I am an artist and I'm very disorganized. So that doesn't go with me. And my dyslexia do not help me to even to see the numbers straight. I'm probably, that's one of the blockage. Mm -hmm. Physical and I can we can see it physical is like why I cannot do bookkeeping because the numbers jump and mm -hmm. come nine and so forth. And but precisely that way can be one of the blockage. Yes. That, and that I can have and many many of the viewers too that are seeing this this one. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because dyscalculia is it, it is a thing. Um, and it does keep people from wanting to do any kind of math, having any kind of conversation about numbers. But as, just to build on what you were already saying, you know, if we equate it to developing our inner Claire gifts, right, clairvoyance, as an example, the way that I like to think about it, or at least this is how my experience has been, is as I got... Um, more and more open, more and more trusting of the gift itself, the dial, you know, I was able to dial in with more and more clarity. And I feel like that is also something that can happen with dyscalculia. Yes, it's, it's a real thing that people struggle with. But when we start pulling it apart piece by piece, well, what's really going on here? Is there fear underneath that? We can at least start to make a difference and shift and dial in so that we can see at least at a high level what we need to see and we're not obscured. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But what will happen with the programming? Because yes, you can remove the the contract or the shame or the blame or the guilt or whatever from from the Akashic records. Mm -hmm. But they still, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about myself and, and I believe this will help everybody because yes, we can remove all that energetically, mm -hmm. but I continue doing the same thing because my program is still running in me. Mm -hmm. Is And the program can go like money doesn't grow in trees. Money is hard to get. 
more mm-hmm. than work, you can make money. So you're continue in in working and working and working because those are the programs that are being ingrained in in this case in me that is being ingrained in many many people and more in women. Yeah. So it's it's like any kind of energy work that we do, right? we can unblock things. We can create that flow that's easeful, you know, running through the chakras, running through our our existence. Um, But if we hold on to those same beliefs, we're just going to recreate those blockages again, right? So it's not a one and done kind of thing. It's, It's actually everything is a commitment, a commitment to growing the self, to learning, to learning to unlearn the things that we have been taught, the things that have been ingrained in us. And with that commitment and the help of somebody guiding you, you can effectively, and we see this in other areas too. I'm just bringing it to the money piece. I'm just bringing it to the accounting and the things that, the 3D things that we need to do if we're gonna run a business, right? That's what it's about. But we do this in every area of our life. We're manifesting all of the time. We get a divine idea and then we put it into manifest. We create it in the 3D world. Money and financial performance and making an impact through your business is no different. It's just that because money is so deeply tied to our survival, there's a lot more, it feels like there's a lot more at stake. It's much more rooted in our survival. Hi everyone, this is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love. And hey, the holidays are coming, but I feel very confused. Do I want to be there or I don't? And I bet there's a lot of confusion in this time for many of you, at least in the emotional state. You might say you wanted to go to see your family and things like that, but at the same time, you're afraid either going to be triggering you or you're going to be triggering someone. That sensation, that emotion, it is so common. Hollywood has shown us that, hey, they have happy families and they have a Hallmark movie in there. And in a way, we deep inside of us, that's what we want for ourselves. That's what we want to create those memories for our kids and for us. But in reality, there is a lot of triggers in there. And so a lot of emotions that are going to go in there. So I have learned how to navigate in those in those family reunions. Why? Because I was raised in a narcissist family. So it was every year, it was the same emotion. Do I want to go? Okay, I have to make the turkey, but do I want to be there? But at the same time, I don't want to left, be left out. So it was always looking for that, even that search for that love and that approval of the family, because all those triggers are going to show up in the majority of the families. So I have learned how to navigate in them. In them. I have learned how to approve myself and not searching for the approval of others and value myself and not going with the value of others put on myself. I can learn how to set boundaries. I have learned how to, at the same time, have to have compassion for everyone and more for myself. 
when I am in those kind of situations. And I created a masterclass that is going to be in three days. That in this masterclass, it is called Driving Through the Holidays. And what I'm going to be teaching, it is going to be obviously the masterclass, how to survive in these situations in the holidays with the family and still enjoy it, create new memories and become the observer. I'm going to be doing also a group Akash uh, reading, Akashic reading for all the group. I'm going to be doing a soul retrieval because we need to bring all ourselves back before we in front, confront all these situations and react in a better, with a better understanding of what is happening and not losing the control over us. I'm going to be doing also cutting contracts and vows that many of us, we need that in this holidays coming. And it's going to be also an integration. And I'm going to finish it up with a reprogramming in Theta level. So like that, you have a meditation that you can keep with yourself. In this masterclass, you're going to have recordings. You're going to have um, all the materials that you're going to need because we're going to have a private group that you're going to need. If you need support, I am here to support you because I know how it feels. <laughs> so it is this masterclass. It is going to be, uh, let me check my notes. It is going to be in November 1920 the majority of the healers or artists, they have the same imprint that they are not going to do money, that they're not going to survive with the money. How do you work with them? Uh, because that's the majority of the healers. They're going to mm -hmm. charge or they don't charge or they yeah. like me donations. But the life of your house, you have to pay it. You cannot say, oh, let me give you a donation to the light bill. <laughs> they will cut you off you yeah. know and the same applies for the artists and all the all the healers that they yeah. still have that imprint yes yeah. and and we can call it a vow of poverty there's all different types of vows that we have taken in past lives that we can clear um but you're right that patterning needs to be rewritten or rewired so when i work with spiritual on, entrepreneurs it's really about meeting them where they're at. Everybody is so different and divine in their own ways. It's about really honing in. And this is the intuitive piece that I'm bringing to the accounting work is honing in on what is really going on. First of all, what's up? What's the problem? Is it that we have a program and we're consistently undercharging? Well, is it a worth thing or is it a, a value placement on what's being offered? Are we making judgments about what people will pay or what people have paid in the past or what they're willing to do rather than looking inward and coming from a place of service? This is just one example. Um, coming from a place of service where 
we know we are giving so much value. They don't know how to do what, what we're doing for them. Yes. There's value to that. That's why they're coming to us. So it's oftentimes a, a self-worth thing, but it can be something different too. It can be the belief that anything that's spiritual really should be free to all. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's one of the paradigms that we've been working with for a really long time. And it, in my personal view, it's unfortunate because we're meant to have it all. We get to have this and that. It's just the the human struggle, the 3D struggle to figure out, well, how do I do both of those things and be comfortable and aligned within myself at the same time? Because we have all these messages coming at us all the time. Oh, well, you're spiritual. Well, you shouldn't charge for your services. No, that's not how we create true impact because we can't create true impact if we're struggling to survive ourselves. That's true. Because or else we have we're too worried too about how we're gonna pay the light or bring food to our uh, to our family. Right. That we cannot do the work yeah. that we meant to supposed to do because we're too worried about making payments. Right. And and I believe that we're all here to raise global global consciousness, right? But you know, that that's spherical. I call it spherical wealth. You know, it's it's being wealthy in all directions. Wealth isn't just monetary. You can have spiritual wealth. You can have monetary wealth. You can have abundance of anything, right? So how do we create this aligned life and an aligned business that supports abundance in all the areas that are important to us? And so that I just, I just hear you from here. <laughs> <laughs> That is my guides are telling me if everybody has the same need of making money to survive and yeah. we get out of the fear factor and everybody start producing money enough at least for whatever needs or wants they have, then we will not be in this rat race. We understand, hey, the mm-hmm. other person is giving me their time because at the end you're paying for the time of the other person. Right. Because it's an money, it is an exchange of energy. Truly, that, yes. That we, why we're going to accept donation. It's like, okay, can you listen to me? Oh, yes, I listen to you. Okay, let me go. Like, wait, I have not finished talking. That is the problem. Like, mm-hmm. you want the whole conversation to listen to the other person. It is an exchange mm-hmm. of energy. It is not, let me just give you a donation of my time. That it was going to be one second and I'm going to leave. No, it is what I'm charged. I decide, I desire to get paid. Yes. And that doesn't mean that it is the right price or not, because it goes a lot in what we think we deserve. And that's another issue. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, what one person is willing to pay for the same thing is different than another. But I do believe that the mindset that we're going in, the one that let's say is paying more than the other one, they're probably going to get more out of it because they're going into the exchange with this idea that there is something of, sub- of substance and value 
that I'm going to receive here and I'm looking for it. Whereas the other person may not be coming in with that, with that strength of exchange, right? They might be coming in with maybe a little less attention as an example. That is so true. That it is so true. And yes, I encounter that all the time. Well, I believe us healers, we all do, or coaches, we, we hear that too. Like why you don't only charge donations? Why you're charging this amount? Why not $20? Like as a bookkeeper, you know, just it costs you your time and your years and, and resources to become a bookkeeper. But at the same time, it costs you to, to become a cash reader. Mm -hmm. and yes. why you're not going to get paid for that or NLP or immunotherapy or so whatever whatever the modality yeah exactly because right. to become that and certificate for that why it is not we're not going to get paid only a donation yeah and you know a lot of us have many modalities right? We really invest in our education and furthering our understanding of how do we get by in this world? How do we help ourselves and other people? So it's not just the, the hour that we're giving the person and asking for the donation or, or the value back. It's also all of that accumulated time, yeah. all of the education time, all of the certification time, all of the thinking time, all of the creating the business time, all of the accumulated experience. Yes. It's not just the one hour. And we have this way of, of putting a value on an hour of our time, which one is arbitrary. And two, um, I think it conjures up a lot of that emotion and a lot of that past life stuff, as you mentioned. Yes, I, I believe so. And and we go again to the competition and envy. I I have this uh a talk with a friend that she's a psychologist. She studied four years in Mexico, you know, to become a psychologist and so forth. And she told me, why you charge the same as I do? If I study these four years and it cost me this, like at this point, in money-wise, we have invested the same. Mm for all the certifications that I have, mm -hmm. we have invested the same. And in time, yes, maybe it was not four years. And I chose different certifications and I have, I can't charge the same as you. And that is very valid. But what if that was telling me was about the competition, about mm -hmm. the choices of other people do. Right. And also I would ask that person, why aren't you charging more then? If you believe that you're worth more, then why aren't you charging more? Because the market and the economy shifts. It's constantly shifting. Yes. Um, and so what we need to survive to have a certain level of comfort in our lives is going to shift with that, that cost of living, right? So we constantly need to be reevaluating what are our rates? What is the value? How much experience have I, have I accumulated? since the last time that I raised my rates. And these are uncomfortable conversations to have with ourselves because we're not, a lot of us are not used to really having that conversation or sitting with the emotions that come up with it. Do you think in United States, because I know you're in United States, it would change the way also the insurance see holistic help? 
I think that's a different animal. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, insurance is, is very fear-based. And so um, it would take a lot of influences for them to expand what they're willing to pay for. Um, yeah, I think that's a totally different topic, but yeah, it is. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. And and that's what I, I would want to the message to be, right? Is that we don't just have to do things the way that we've always done them. Just because traditionally you go to your accountant once a year and you do X, Y, and Z, and then you don't talk to them for another year doesn't mean that you can't change that for yourself. If you feel like you need more, if you feel like there's guidance that you can receive. And that's what I, I hope to offer people. Please let us know you're going to have been having a program very soon. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your program that you're going to have? Yeah. So um, I am doing a series right now on harmonizing our wealth and happiness goals. And so on December 15th, and I will get you the link with all the, the specifics to send out to the, the listeners. Um, I'm doing like a half day goal setting workshop, which includes one of my tools that I use. I call it the numbers story tool. And it helps people start to connect with their, their bank account numbers or their sales numbers or expense numbers or their profit or what have you in a way that tells them what's triggering them, where are they now, where do they want to be, and starting to pick out ways that we can experiment with that goal to get to that goal over the year. So it's, it's more of a tactical approach to goal setting, giving us ideas about how do we want to experiment over the next year to get to the number that we want to achieve not just put that number on a page and say, okay, then I need to get X number of dollars by this point and X number of dollars or sales by that point. You know, we're really looking at what does it mean to us? How do we want this to flow? And um, we're going to achieve our goals. And for how long is that? This one day? It's one day. It's going to be about three hours. Okay. I will be posting the link in the description of this video. So like that, you guys uh, can sign up because, hey, we all need that help to remove those blockages. And don't be so afraid about talking about money that I right. believe all of us, we are. And hey, since I discovered that, that was so, so helpful. And it was after a conversation that you were having with someone about that you're not only do bookkeeping, that you not only do the cash records, that you also give financial advice. Yes. So clarification on financial advice. I'm not doing investment advice, but I do um, like financial coaching. And for the little bit larger um, companies that are looking for fractional CFO support, I do that as well. Yes. And that's when it hit me. Oh, I am afraid of money. Talk to <laughs> I mean, just mentioning money feels dirty. And that's like, oh, why feels dirty? Yeah. And we have to do that search and dig in why. And probably you're going to find it out because when you were a kid, you did not receive your lollipop. 
it sounds ridiculous, but it's not. It's traumatic yeah. for the kid that is looking for that lollipop. Mm -hmm. And that creates a trauma that now as an adult, you're having issues how to make money. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. The small things, it's the simple things. Yes, the thing it is in more in our community, spiritual community, they just want to be love and light, love and light, mm -hmm. be vibrating very high. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean they're going to be the, doing the inner work. Mm. And that's where it is all the traumas, where all the issues that we have to observe, even if they're scary. Mm -hmm. So like that, finally, we can clear it out and we have a different experience of life. Absolutely. And that's the goal, to have a different experience in life, different experience with our finances, different experience with our business. The sky's the limit, right? There is no limit. Yes. The limit, we put it ourselves. Absolutely so yes oh Jenny it's been really my pleasure to have this conversation with you because I know many people you're helping many people in this area because we all have this problem this issue for moments if you don't have it permanently but at least there are moments that you self-doubt and mm -hmm. that's when everything goes down or we don't know how to administer ourselves for the same reasons because we are so afraid to talk about it Mm, yeah and there's layers there's layers well thank you so much i really appreciate this opportunity to chat with you thank you jenny thank you everybody and if this help you please give us a like and share it with someone else it might help someone else to get these classes and starts in december 15 thank you so much this is monica ramirez the warrior of love and thank you for being in soul talk mm -hmm.